Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richard's Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Devin Hassan and Justin Thomas. Uh, we're going to continue our week-long discussion of the uh, some early season happenings um, in our coverage areas for soccer. You know, we've, uh, we've talked ad, uh, ad nauseum about basketball, so I want to just put that on the back burner for a week and just show some love to soccer, as our uh, obviously uh, our coverage areas tends to breed uh, plenty of teams that make deep playoff runs, some state champions and whatnot, so I want to show some love to uh, to the soccer fans out there, because uh, soccer, I feel like soccer kind of comes in just a weird spot of the, uh, of the year, just coverage-wise for us, because you have district soccer gets rolling right as the home stretch, and the really important games for basketball are taking place, and you know, then you got to parlay that into you know playoff games and whatnot. So I mean, there's times when like I've I've finished covering basketball and there's like like three or four games left in the regular season yeah. for soccer. <laughs> yeah, so, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's tough to yeah, keep heads and tails with all that kind of goes on because yeah, I guess we're we're approaching that point in the year where we've got you know that then baseball and softball is going to be happening. We got wrestling and swimming and all that going on. So first track meets coming up. I think. Oh yeah, weeks. I was seeing people <laughs> posting track results on Twitter over the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I want to try to find a way to squeeze in and show some love to uh, to what's happening so far in soccer. So uh, on Monday we discussed the happenings out in 6A. Today we're going to focus on 5A, including a couple districts that began on Tuesday over in 8-5A and 13-5A with um, with you guys. Um, you know, Justin, when we were kind of laying out our because uh, it's so it's so weird when we have to lay out our. our district predictions yeah. for, for this new district now because we just, you know, we don't have the familiarity with the Denton ISD programs quite like we did in, you know, in 14-5A yeah. because we covered every school in that district. So, um, but nevertheless, it feels like at least early on that, you know, for a program like, for programs like the Colony, like this, the soccer districts could be a, a pretty, a pretty nice shot in the arm for both programs. Yeah, definitely. Both, um, you know, they were in a tough district last year with, yes. um, Prosper and some of those other teams and they mm -hmm. both made the playoffs and neither of them had made the playoffs since, 2014, and so they both got out last year as number four seeds. And I would expect them to both not only get back to the playoffs, but I would be very surprised if they're fourth seeded again. I think mm -hmm. these are two teams that are not only going to make the playoffs, but could easily take the uh, district titles. Yeah. And I guess when you look at how we predicted things, every everybody kind of seems to agree. Everybody mm -hmm. has seems to have the colony up there well, in the top one or two. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah. Um, Coming, like I said, coming off good seasons, mm -hmm. and I think they just kind of set up in this district a little better than in that um, tough district that they were in last year in 14-5A. Um, the boys' team, you know, they have some big losses. Mm -hmm. That was, you know, last year was a kind of a year they were kind of circling because of all the senior leadership they had, and they lost, like, two of, you know, the program's better players, you know, all-time, Spencer Magalhaes and Angel Lopez, but um, they do have some good talent coming back. They have 
uh, first teamer John Carter back, and they have eight other players that made the All District team in some form or fashion. Mm -hmm. So, um, looking pretty good, and they're out to a pretty good seven and two start. So, um, things are looking pretty uh, good for Lee Weddle's team over there, even though they have some some holes to fill for sure. Um, at the very least, um, you know, because this is one of those two where you think of the benefits of being an 8-5A versus 14-5A. Um, obviously, still a long way to go before the playoffs, but at yeah. the very least, you know you're not having to worry about a first-round matchup against anybody from Frisco ISD, which was yeah, just, right. goodness, like, yeah. it's just such like, a nightmarish like draw. The girls had to, ran into Wakeland in the first round, so, you know, make the playoffs in five years yeah. and then play the state champion. <laughs> um, speaking of the girls, though, I have pretty high hopes for them, too. Mm -hmm. um, I know, looking at the predictions, it, according to us, it could be a two-way race between Little Elm and the Colony. Um, but I like this Colony's uh, squad. Their goalie, Maddie Sandoval, she's one of the best keepers in the whole area, regardless of wow. class. She's uh, she's really good. Um, and then they have you know six other all-district players coming back, too. So this is a team that has some talent returning. And they're a real deep and versatile team. They can win games in a lot of matches, excuse me, mm -hmm. in a lot of different ways. That's right. We're talking soccer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like I said, yeah, I have pretty high hopes for both of these colony teams to not only get mm -hmm. into the playoffs, but to be in the hunt for the district championships. Uh, Devin, how about you over with um, with West Mesquite and Poteet adding 13-5A? That's a district that gets that got rolling on Tuesday, I should say. So um, nevertheless, what is your read on what uh, what the Wranglers and the Pirates stand to do in the coming weeks? Well, on, on the girls' side... Um, we actually have a, a wide open district race because there's oh, no, more, no more Highland Park. That's right. So it's, yep. What a know, sigh of relief. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what we'll get to you. them in a minute. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's like, okay, well, you know, we're, we'll actually break down who's going to finish second behind mm. Highland Park. Uh, but, you know, uh, West Mesquite is, is a team that's kind of flirted with the playoffs in recent years. Mm. Um, you know, they, they've got some players. Poteet has been kind of the standard uh, 22 playoff appearances in a row. Uh, but it's, it's a different Poteet team. Uh, mm. Longtime coach Kelly Thomas uh, retired in the offseason. Uh, they have a new coach in Brittany Callahan. Um, they got some familiar faces, uh, Lily Meja, Marissa Vasquez, uh, Haley Bambico. Um, but a lot of new players, you know, just first-year coach and a lot of new players. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, they do have that pedigree. You know, you don't make the playoffs 22 years in a row uh, without having, you know, the, the talent to, to reload uh, year after year. And, it, and I mentioned I was, you know, joked about Highland Park, but this is a potent team that competed well with Highland Park uh, in some of those teams. And, and they've they've had different district opponents year after year, um, and they've always been able to measure up and make the playoffs. This new district, you know, we'll have to see what happens. I know Terrell had some success mm -hmm. at, at, with both the boys and the girls at the 4A level, but they're you know, coming up to 5A. Um, but especially with that, you're just kind of looking at that seven-team district. Um, when you it's consider, a weird mix. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's an odd mix, but I, yeah. I don't see any reason why the Poteet girls can't make it 23 in a row. Mm -hmm. um, same thing on the boys' side. Uh, you know, Poteet's been a, a perennial playoff team. They've got uh, a, a nice group back, Anthony Ibarra, Stephen Martinez, Miguel Rosales. Uh, West Mesquite is uh, the one that intrigues me. They they Advanced, they made it to the playoffs last year and then lost a heartbreaker to Frisco Centennial, mm -hmm. I believe, in the in the second round. Uh, really good group. Uh, Carlos Lara, Edgar Lopez, Yannick Easy, Jose Estrada are all back. Uh, their outstanding goalkeeper, Fabian Luna, already has eight shutouts. But the guy that makes it go is Junior Saavedra. And this guy was probably the best individual player I saw all of last year. Okay. I mean, just uh, just an electric player with the ball. Uh, I just sets up teammates. He's got 14 goals already this season. And, uh, I mean, just one of those guys that, that can change a game by himself. And I think with him in, in, in the fold, uh, he's that big of a difference maker where I think West Mesquite can probably win this district. Wow. 
So, um, all right, well, then uh, we just mentioned Highland Park earlier, and obviously yeah. with, uh, with Mesquite ISD being free from, uh, from, the, uh, from the reign of terror that Highland Park will inflict on many a team on the, on the soccer pitch, uh, that's now uh, Carrollton Farmers Branch ISD's yeah. problem. Yeah, they get to deal with them. So, but having said that, I still think they would prefer this district over the district they were lumped in over the oh, last yeah. two years. Oh, so. yeah. If you're um, just playing for, I mean, is, I, I would assume that Highland Park is the on-paper favorite in both yeah. boys' and girls' draws in this district. Certainly on the girls' side. I did notice the Colony, we were talking about the Colony boys, they got a nice 4-1 win over Highland Park boys okay. earlier this year, so I'm not exactly sure what they have. But, yeah, the, but the boys uh, isn't quite the juggernaut that not, the girls not are. Not quite the same, yeah. And you know, some of these Carrollton teams know that very well. You know, Creekview had a couple of really good teams that ended up squaring off with Highland Park in the playoffs and coming up just short. Um, but... Outside of Highland Park, I feel like this sets up pretty well for the Carrollton schools. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, not knowing too much about the Dallas ISD programs, I would be surprised if you know all six Carrollton soccer programs don't make the playoffs out of this district. You could get two through four conceivably. I, I definitely think so. And um, not knowing what the boys have, I could see um, maybe Turner giving them a little challenge on the boys' side. Even yeah. they, they lose Guy Squivel, last year's uh, offensive player of the year, but. Um, Esteban Ramirez should be able to help shoulder that load. Mm-hmm. And when you look at kind of the starts they're off to, you know, they're all kind of right there, just above 500. So, um, and playing a little tougher competition than I think they'll see in the district. So, I. I think all six teams are going to make the playoffs out of Carrollton. Interesting, yeah. And uh, yeah, even over in 14-5A, as talented as that district was, you had a program like Turner that was in the yeah. mix every year. Yeah. And like I said, some of those Creekview teams, um, you know you know how some of these teams can go up and down, but they've definitely had the talent where they've had some teams that mm-hmm. were regional, every bit regional contenders if they didn't have to play Highland Park every year. Yeah. Well, and, 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 but that should be a competitive district, too, because yeah. a lot of those DISD teams, particularly on the boys' side, mm-hmm. are, are very solid. Okay. Are, are very solid. So I, that's usually been a first-round uh, matchup yeah. for them. Maybe the, I'm the selling them a little teams. short there. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it, it, not so much on the girls in, in my I guess a recent experience, yeah. but the boys teams have, have generally been solid, so okay. um, that, that could be a, I mean, one of those districts that come down to the wire all the way. Yeah, and that's a uh, yeah, that is a look at what's going on in uh, over in the Colony, over in Carrollton, over in Mesquite, and obviously we've still got a few more uh, markets in five A to discuss. Some happenings out in Frisco, Little Elm, Lake Cities, and whatnot. And we will bring on Taylor Raglan and Brian Murphy in a moment to discuss those. Uh, but first, gotta shine that student athlete spotlight. And speaking of Frisco ISD, you know the Frisco Wakeland boys and girls both won state championships last year. Uh, both are primed to be plenty talented once again. And one of the uh, one of the key reasons behind that is is a veteran, uh, Manny Diaz de Leon, a former state uh, state tournament MVP, I believe, for the for the Wolverines. Uh, Brian Murphy had a chance to catch up with Manny to talk about the Wolverines as they look to defend their uh, their state championship, and we will see what he had to say after a word from this sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. All right, I'm here with Wakeland's Manny Diaz de Leon. Uh, you've been with this program for the last three years now. This is your third season with the varsity program. Uh, your big senior year. How's your, your senior year going so far? I mean, well, it's good. Definitely a big, uh, big pressure with that. Five minutes, five minutes. <laughs> I don't know what to say. No, man. Uh, Some advice? Uh, what I can say? Here, okay, okay. We'll start over. Three, two, one. Oh, I'll kind of, I'll kind of down. All right, three. I mean, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> do you have some advice? Like, 
what I could say or something? For your, just how would you say? Your, how would you say your? If we're just talking, your senior year, how's it going? Like, like soccer wise or like? Yeah, soccer wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I can, I can hit you with another question to start. I'll uh, yeah, let's go for another question. Okay. okay, I'll ask you what it was like to win state your first two years on varsity. Uh, okay, all right. All right, three, two, one. All right, I'm here with Wakeland's Manny Diaz de Leon, uh, senior midfielder here with the Wolverines, who was part a big part of both state titles uh, the previous two seasons. Manny, what was it like, you know, your, your first two years on varsity to, uh, to win a state title? Well, it was definitely a very uh, memorable moment. I mean, very unexpected. I did not expect to win state my first year on varsity. Especially not to win it the year after that also. I mean, it's just a great experience, and I hope I can do it again this year. Now, what was, what's that feeling like, you know, when, you know, the clock hits zero and y'all realize y'all are state champions, you know, you've done it twice. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is, talk me through those emotions. How, how exciting is that? Well, I mean, it's very exciting. I mean, especially when that final buzzer goes off. You just realize all the work, all the hard work and uh, pain you've been through. It just pays off. And, yeah. Now, do you feel like there's more pressure this time around your senior year now that you've won it twice and, you know, to, to try and repeat? And do you feel like you get y'all's – other teams give y'all their best games against y'all because they, 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 they want to beat the two-time Divinity State champions? Yeah. I mean, Coach does it all the time. We have a big X on our back, and everyone's just trying to go out there and beat Wakeland. That's their number one goal, I feel. But it's definitely big pressure that, I mean, my senior year, I feel like we have to go out there and win it, especially since we're trying to accomplish something that no one's done, which is get the three-peat. And definitely a big weight on our back. Now, you brought up the three-peat. How capable is this team of three-peating? I think this team is very capable. I mean, it's all, it all goes down to hard work and dedication, how much we want it and how hard we're willing to work to get there. And that that, that goes to... Now, which which players this year have really stepped up? Or who, what players are going to be really important members of this team if y'all are going to 3 Well, I mean, I feel like everyone on the team uh, on varsity last year that won it really wants to go for that... Really wants to go for that 3P, make it happen. And then we have a couple freshmen that got moved up to varsity this year that have made some really good contributions to the team, and I feel like they're really going to step up and help us get this goal accomplished. Now, who are those freshmen? Um, Brendan Bezdek and uh, Ryan Greener. I think they're going to be a big contributor since they're getting some pretty good playing time because um, I feel like they're performing well on the field. Now, lastly, how tough is this district? I know y'all know firsthand. Y'all finished fourth last year in the district, and then y'all went on to win state. Uh, and now this year, y'all had two more teams to districts. You have ten teams. You, you know, you're starting district play. You know, like pretty much New Year's. <laughs> you play 18 games. How, how tough is that? And how much tougher does it make this already tough all Frisco district? Well, I mean, especially with um, a very good competitive uh, soccer program here with FC Dallas. I feel like that brings a lot of soccer players to the area, you know, and um, I feel like these high schools have really good players, and that makes it really tough on us because it's just hard competition every Tuesday and Friday that we go out there. 
Thanks again to Manny Diaz de Leon for taking the time to chat with Brian for our Student Athlete Spotlight. And um, yeah, with that, we've got Brian Murphy, Taylor Raglan on to help uh, round out our discussion of some of the happenings in 5A soccer. So yeah, let's, um, I don't know, we can go, uh, we can talk Frisco ISD, we can go 8-5A, which, uh, which began on Tuesday, Frisco ISD, as is the case in all these sports, is like, you know, five, six games into their schedule already. Um, I don't know, let's talk, uh, let's talk some 8-5A just because it feels like this district could be, a, this could be a pretty fun one. Yeah. I'm anticipating between the uh, the back and forth. Justin was just on talking about the colony, but you've got the colony, you've got Lake Dallas, you have Little Elm. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess let's start with Little Elm, Brian, because I mean, I think, uh, yeah, at least the, as far as our preseason our preseason picks go, I mean, take those for what you will. But I think we foresee some pretty uh, some pretty strong things on the girls' side for uh, for the Lady Lobos. Yeah, so, I mean, like in the 6A pod, I mentioned how Prosper was off to a hot start in non-district. They were undefeated 10-0. and Well, Little Elm, they're right there, 9-1-1 and with a hot start and, you know, really, really impressive win so far. We'll find out a lot this week when they start things off against the Colony. Uh, That'll be a big litmus test right there. Yeah, yeah, and that's... That, that, that rivalry is pretty good in every mm-hmm. sport. You know, Little Elm and the Colony, they, they hate each other. You should see them play <laughs> basketball. It's, it, it's a blast. Mm-hmm. But like I said, they, you know, they have big wins over Duncanville, Burleson, Joshua. They won um, the Waller Classic uh, tournament earlier in the year. They beat Longham Creek, Duncanville, and, and Porter uh, in, that, in that tournament to, you know, to really set the tone mm-hmm. uh, for the Lobos. They also have a new head coach. Uh, ironically, so Jimmy Langford, he was there the previous two years. Former state champion with McKinney Boyd and oh, yes. McKinney North, mm-hmm. he's now at Wakeland, uh, you know, to take over Sid Curry's spot after he retired last year, and so he leaves, and you know they bring in a guy from Abilene, Emmanuel Cordova. Uh, he was head coach at Abilene High, mm-hmm. uh, and you know he's moved to the Metroplex. He told me in the off season when he when he took the job, he's like, yeah, I wanted to come to the DFW, and that was my chance, and really good program, a, a program that's been bounced in the first round the previous two years because they had to play. Uh, the Frisco district in the first round both times, so they lost to Centennial, Frisco Centennial, a team that won state like three or four years ago. Yeah. Uh, so just tough luck of the draw, but you know they're they're locked and loaded. They have you know some a lot of upperclassmen this time around. They've been a young team the previous few years and. You know, I, I fully expect for them to win this district. No pressure, Lady Lobo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it feels like this district, uh, just kind of comparing what all, you know, these three programs, mm-hmm. the Colony, Lake Dallas, Little Elm, what they had to go through, you know, these past two years in District mm-hmm. 14 5A and now transitioning to a district like 8 5A. I mean, uh, you know, you look at some programs that might, uh, you know, benefit a bit more than others, you know, mm-hmm. because of the district change. And it feels like the Lake Dallas girls might be, uh, might fit that bill with what oh, they've yeah. shown early on. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's funny because I talked to, to head Coach Trina. Hutzel for you know the preview article that I did and and in no uncertain terms she said pretty much all of us are really glad that Prosper's gone. Prosper was ready to make the jump. <laughs> Prosper was the boogeyman of that district in just about oh, every yeah. sport. And it kind of kills the parody of the district when, you know, there's just one team that's gonna go out and beat everyone and mm-hmm. just go you know, undefeated or nearly undefeated every year, and it, it's just a different vibe um, in the district now that you know Prosper is gone. They pick up the Denton programs. It seems like there's going to be a lot more parity, kind of up and down. And and like you mentioned, I think Lake Dallas is is really poised to take advantage of that because you know last year they were very young, um, nearly got into the postseason or at least got into the conversation with a pretty good second half. Didn't quite you know crack that top four and get into the postseason. And they're young again uh, this year, which is interesting. They have five freshmen, I believe, that are all. Um, you know, contributing, but 
they're young in a different way. I think if the, you know they, the the people that were freshmen and sophomores last year are coming back as you know sophomores and juniors with with one year of experience with a little bit of confidence built up from a pretty good second half. Um, you look at you know Sidney Frazier and Net uh, was a first teamer last year as a junior. Now um, Addie Beesing is back uh, was a first teamer as a freshman. Uh, now as a sophomore and, and as a leader, Karina DePauli as a junior. So they have a lot of, you know, sophomores and juniors, kind of that middle tier of, um, you know, experienced players, girls that have been on varsity, um, that are that are captains now, some of them. Um, and it's it's it seems like a different vibe a little bit, especially now that, like I said, kind of, you know, the witch is dead. It, it's it, Prosper is gone, and there's, there's not that kind of um, – boogeyman at the top that that kind of throws everything off and it's it's almost like you know it was almost to the point of like playing allen in football like you you have you yeah. get momentum going and then you play prosper in soccer and it's like well crap then we you know we just lost three nothing mm-hmm. or whatever that just totally blew us out of the water where do we even sit you kind of just write that game off so you know it's it's i think prime for for another young lake dallas team to kind of take another step forward and, and get into the postseason mm-hmm. Over on the uh, <clears throat> on the boys' side of this district, um, let's stick with Lake Dallas because um, I mean last year was I mean by any by any estimation yeah. the greatest season ever in Lake Not Dallas program history. Not even close. You, know, you look at what the Falcons were able to do as far as you know their first ever playoff win. Mm-hmm. You know they uh, just the the program milestones that they reached. I mean just about all across the board. You know most shutouts, most goal. I mean just yep. most district wins. Lovejoy. Most yeah. I mean that game was fantastic. Oh yeah, just a uh, almost I don't want to say it was a freak occurrence or whatever, but uh, just mere seconds away from potentially going three rounds deep in the playoffs. Um, Lake Dallas should still be pretty good. Yeah, I mean, uh, another team that should be uh, kind of in that mix to contend for the district championship. I mm-hmm. think them and uh, I think we want we pick them in the colony as maybe the two initial front runners out of this district. Yep. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously they graduate, you know, who was arguably the best player in the entire district last yep. year despite the presence of a prosper. You had, uh, I mean, Blake Henson was yep. just, uh, just a, a world beater for, for, uh, for Lake Dallas last year. You know, he's gone, um, but they've still got plenty of talent back. You know, obviously you look in goal with Caleb Irving. Yep. You know, perhaps maybe the best season ever by a Lake Dallas goalkeeper mm-hmm. last year. And then some of the all-district caliber talent that they have back. Carlos Zamora, Brock Pope, Julian Fernandez, um, you know, Anthony Patty. Um, I mean, it's, it's still there. You know, Lake yep. Dallas should still be pretty formidable. Um, you know, you look at so far, I mean, some of the results that they've had. You know, they, I mean, they, they, they had a rough start. They got drummed up by Birdville pretty soundly there in their, uh, in their first game of the season. But since then, they've looked a bit more like the team that we saw last year. Mm-hmm. They come into district with some momentum on their side, having won four of their last five, including, you know, quality wins over programs like Grapevine and R.L. Yep. Turner. So Won that turn. Tournament early in the season, yeah, that Saginaw tournament, I believe. So yeah, it's mean, always good for them. So. I, I mean, I expect Lake Dallas to contend for a district championship. And Pope, we'll especially, see. I think, is a guy that that I kind of have my eye on as is a guy that could pick up some of that slack, mm-hmm. you know, left over by Henson. I, I expect him to have a pretty a pretty good season. But we'll find out, uh, I guess, early on. Much like I said, you know, little I'm getting a litmus test right out of the gates with the Colony uh, mm-hmm. on a you know February first, right there yep. on Friday. You get Lake Dallas at the Colony right yep. out of the chute. So uh, should be a fun one as far as kind of sizing up a potential early front runner in eight five A boys soccer. Um, let's see. Let's um, well, let's talk. Uh, let's talk some Frisco ISD. Let's do man. it. There's no way getting around it, man. You got to talk about this uh, this big old <laughs> seething beast of a of a soccer district. It's produced uh, produced both the state champions in district uh, in district uh, not district but class five A last year. Um, I mean, it's Frisco ISD and soccer. There's probably not a sport pound for pound that Frisco ISD is better at than soccer. So uh, this might be the best soccer district in the state on both sides, boys and girls. Yeah. So many coaches have told me that, and just watching the games, it's it's insane. So 
here, here's a little something I've noticed mm-hmm. so far. So right now, the top two teams, five games in, the, you know, they play 18 games in this district. It's insane. But, you know, five games in, the two top boys teams right now are Frisco and Frisco Heritage. Frisco is 4-0-1. Heritage is 4-1. Neither of those teams made the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. Wakeland also, I've mentioned this a million times before, they finished fourth in the district last year. They went on to win the state title. And so they, and they're right there in the mix once again. They're, you know, with Lone Star and Centennial. Centennial is always, you know, a perennial power in boys soccer uh, as well. Reedy, a team that made the playoffs last year, they're three and two. They're right there in the mix. Everyone is just beating up on everyone. The top six or seven teams mm-hmm. would make the playoffs in just almost every other district. Uh, and then you have you know, teams at the bottom, Lebanon Trail Memorial, uh, you know, new teams, uh, obvious reasons, yeah. uh, starting new programs without seniors. And, and Liberty, they're having a bit of a down year so far, 0-4-1. But, you know, it, it, there's no top heaviness in, in, the, in the boys' side, neither side, really, boys and girls. Uh, you know, and it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. It, I'm not saying it could happen, but or it will happen. But Wakeland could miss the playoffs. You know, that's how crazy <laughs> this district is. They're not, yeah. but they're you know that's a possibility when you have teams like Lone Star, uh, a team that beat Wakeland uh, already so far, and Heritage and Frisco off to hot starts as well. With the with the Wakeland boys, I mean, they kind of I don't want to say they rope a dope their way through the regular season, but they I mean to do what they did it's, last year and win a state championship as a four seed. Um, I mean, kind of are they? I mean, are they showing? Yeah, I don't know. How what is their? What do you feel like their mentality is this season with the success? that they've had in recent years. They won't say it, but I feel like they're like Salina football. You know, they kind of, they'll cruise through the regular season and then once the playoffs hit, it's like, all right, let's let's flip it up a notch. I'm not saying that they're not trying or not playing 100%, but then they turn up to 200% championship level. You know, Andy Hull has come in here, like, what better way to start a, you know, a tenure at a school than two years, two championships. It doesn't get any better than that. And they have the players, the guys to win a third. You know, they have last year's state tournament MVP and Mark Barbonis, who's only a junior now. You know, one of the top goal scorers at the forward position. Uh, Manny Diaz de Leon, who's just, you know, on, on the, our uh, guest interview as well. He was a state tournament MVP sophomore year. <laughs> Other guys like Alex Wing. The list goes on and on and on. They've multiple state tournament MVPs <laughs> on the same How many team. schools can say that? It's nuts. Yeah. And, you know, I saw them play against Centennial uh, the other night. That was a terrific game. Ended in a tie mm-hmm. um, after giving up a goal early in the first, in the second half. Uh, it, man, it's just it's going to be a dogfight in that district. And it's the same with the girls. And you look at the girls; they had the defending state champions in Wakeland, who returned pretty much their entire roster, mm-hmm. entire lineup, almost for the most part. And they may not be the best team in that district. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a bit of a hot take. But the Frisco Independence girls. Oh, red hot. I saw them play uh, a couple Fridays ago. It was a really windy game. It was a night that cold front was coming in on that Friday night, and so the wind was, was blowing. But, man, they're looked at looking at the state rankings. Frisco Independence is number 9. Wakeland is number 10. Uh, or seven, They're 7 and 8, and 9 and 10 on the, you know, 1 and 1. It's mm-hmm. like you can flip them back and forth. Yeah. But, but Frisco Independence, they are the real deal. They have... You know, they tied Wakeland, and their other four uh, wins in district have been absolute blowouts over really good teams in that district. Heritage, Lone Star, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then they've also beaten Mansfield, who's also state-ranked uh, in non-district play. You know, they have a girl named Landry Corbett, who we were talking before the podcast. When they have a throw-in on their side of the field, every time she'll do the whole, you know, flip 
put the ball on the head on the ground, whatever, yada, yada, flip up and then throw it like 30 yards. And it's yeah. an absolute weapon. When I talked to both coaches after the game, you know, Jimmy Langford was like, yeah, that's tough to stop. That's better than free kick. That's better than most corner kicks, hmm. stuff like that. And they just have studs all across the board. You know, they're, they scored 11 goals in their first two district games. And then they played Wakeland. They were down 2-0 in that game, came back, scored two goals in the second half to tie it. So they're not scared of Wakeland. And that that's going to be a, a game to watch, mm-hmm. you know, in the second half of district when they play that in you know four months or whenever it is. Cause <laughs> district's so big, but yeah, Independence and Wakeland are the two top dogs. But that's another district on the girls' side uh, in Frisco where you know you have mm-hmm. six, seven, eight teams. Lebanon Trail, I've, I'm hearing, is a sneaky good team, by the way, and I think that could be a dark horse to make the playoffs as well in their first uh, varsity season in 5A also. Awesome. So. And that is some of the happenings over in, uh, in Class 5A soccer. Some of the happenings in Frisco, some in Little Elm, Lake Cities, the Colony, you name it. So that's, um, yeah, that is a look at some of the happenings in 5A soccer. And that will round out this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Uh, appreciate you, Brian, Taylor, as well as Justin and Devin for tagging along on this. Uh, folks, you enjoy your week. We will talk to you all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all. StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.